Welcome to Brand Me. I'm Preston Conrad, and on this show, we'll talk all things branding, from launching a product line to owning your side hustle. We'll talk to the movers, the shakers, the thought leaders. What do you say we finally stop focusing on brands X, Y, and Z and focus on brand me? Let's start the show. You've heard me talk about my brand, Preston Conrad Home, and if you've ever wanted to grab something from my luxury home fragrance collection, today is your day. I want to hook you guys up with 10% off of any single item on PrestonConradHome.com. That's one of our luxury candles or our new hand wash. Use the code BRANDME. That's PrestonConradHome.com. Offer code brand me. Hey, everybody. On today's show, we are discussing taking the leap. I'm sitting down with Charlie Atkins. She's the creator of La Sweat TV, which is an online fitness community. And Charlie left her job as one of the original master instructors at SoulCycle after seven years of being an employee to start her own brand. And her discussion into taking that leap is so inspiring, and there's some really great information here. So buckle up, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy this conversation with Charlie Atkins. Hi, Charlie Atkins. Hello, Preston. I'm so happy to have you here. I feel like I should know you like as a human and friend, but I came across you during COVID, I think, probably, if not right before. <laughs> Right before, like we met in January of 2020 at Amazon very briefly. Yep. I think I, we happened to be working on the same day and it was like a crossover. So how crazy is that Amazon set up? Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes the Today yeah. Show look like regional local news. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's wild. inspiring from, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about at home workout filming studios. Uh, it was inspiring to see a very large studio like that and try to reproduce it in COVID from your home. <laughs> you did a great job. Um, I, it's funny, like certain people during the new Instagram, every two weeks shake up, you know, how like your Instagram looks completely different every time your little bubble is always when you're active is like always to the front of my thing. So I feel like I'm up to speed. It's doing its work. <laughs> I'm up to speed with everything going on. But for those who have people who don't know you, um, this episode is kind of about taking a leap. And in thinking about who I wanted to be the guest for this episode, you were the perfect person. You spent many years, I want to say upwards of seven years in-house with SoulCycle. Is that right? That is correct. Um, yes, seven talk and a half to me, years. Yeah, talk to me a bit about, because I'm a big SoulCycle fan. I'm sure you were when you were there. I used my bike this morning. Um, it, you know, more, less of a workout, more of just the, the mental thing of what that specific format does for me. But when I think of someone like you who was in a setup like you were um, on the top of the podium, lig- figuratively and literally, how did you decide it was time to leave your job? What was that thing like? I mean, I can't imagine. So my time at SoulCycle, I'm incredibly grateful for. I learned so much. And to talk about branding, two of the, uh, you know, women branding rock stars of the world are Julie Elizabeth and Julie Rice and Elizabeth Cutler, who I thankfully can still call my mentors to this day. I learned so much from SoulCycle. Um, As far as taking the leap and deciding when it was time to go, I remember in my exit post, whenever I was announcing my retirement from SoulCycle, when I was unclipping for the last time, I was really trying to figure out a way to write, you know, how do you express seven and a half years? And, you know, most people didn't understand moving moving on. Why would you move from something that's so great? And my fiance actually helped me curate my post. And it just started out with, you know, seven and a half years. 
anywhere is a long time and it's a very long time to be somewhere. And as far as growth and career and what have you, SoulCycle was the first real career that I had. And if I wasn't progressing as a human and as a career and a businesswoman to be in the same place for that long, I was doing myself a disservice. So I absolutely needed to take the leap. And to be honest, I was probably there three years too long. It's so funny you say that because I look at seven years. It's interesting. I I see it two ways. Um, A lot of people that are somewhere more than three years, four years, they're probably pretty comfortable. They may stay there 10 to 15 years. I was at Ralph Lauren 15. I know people there that were for 30, right? Like Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to be a lifer. Or you see people that um, seven years, like maybe like you, is really stretching the end of the rubber band, pulling it almost a little too tight. Um, How did you last for so long while having that entrepreneurial thing, because there's a comfort in seven years and a big company like SoulCycle, I don't know if they were owned by related at the time mm-hmm. of yeah. that, but um, what was that like? It's a, it's a kind of a tough question. Um, or it's actually not that tough. My time at SoulCycle was brilliant. I, yeah. I mean, I, I really did as much as I could. I, towards the end, whenever I was ready to leave, I felt that I was at that glass ceiling where, you know, I was like banging at the top saying, yeah. you know, is there more? Is there more? Yeah. Um, and that's really what allowed me to leave was I, there just, there was nothing else I could do. I had done everything that I could at that company. I was as far as you could go as instructors. I had sold out classes. I had taught live DJ rides. I had been in pretty much every single campaign. I remember Um, seeing you in all the picture. I mean, you were like star child of the brand, which is, I guess is one of those things. It's like, you know, you could see people saying, God, I can't believe at that pinnacle why you would ever leave a job, but Mm -hmm. you just feel it. Yeah, I felt it. And what was the reason that I was able to stay for seven and a half years was that one of the reasons I loved working for the company was that they really did take care of their employees. And especially Julie and Elizabeth, they were fantastic. Um, And like I said, I still am in touch with them. I still get to work with them in in small pieces. And they're just such great people. People, Um, They're really good at taking care of people and making somebody want to be a part of something. And that was why it was tough to be a part or to, you know, to eventually be like, oh my gosh, I'm leaving SoulCycle was because for so long, you're a part of something that's so good and so comfortable. You know, it's like, it really takes a certain type of personality to leave. Um, and that's kind of what I pride my new brand on La Sweat is that personality. So I was going to ask you, okay, so before we get into La Sweat, which is so inspiring to me, what you're building, what you've built, what you've done during this wild pandemic. Um, when I left Ralph Lauren, I had a hard time physically getting dressed in the morning because my job for 15 years was to wear a certain costume. Um, and wear a skin of someone else's brand. The Soul Cycle brand and the people that come out of it all have a very similar way of communicating or way of speaking. Or did you feel that that was, had become part of you or were you able to shake that pretty quickly when it was time to build Charlie brand? How was that like shedding process? I mean, the shedding took years, you know, right. I, I created La Sweat three years before I left, you know, that's why I'm saying I should have left three years. I should have yeah. left yeah, yeah, three yeah. years before seven and a half. I started building La Sweat three years before I left. So I was still working at SoulCycle and SoulCycle created a space where they wanted you to be creative. Yeah. And I think that, um, when you work for these companies, if they don't allow you to be who you are, 
mm-hmm. in this case, off the bike, yep. then it's really hard to to love showing up for work, right? Yeah. It's really hard to want to put on the uniform and, you know, be the cheerleader for the company unless you feel like you're getting a benefit, getting to benefit out of it. And SoulCycle actually allowed me to create La Sweat in the sense that I told them that I really wanted to create this off the bike component. And, you know, they were like, okay, go do it. And I was a part of the opening of the Soul Annex, which was this incubator platform that SoulCycle tried to create um, where there were off the bike modalities. And Mm -hmm. I was kind of one of the head instructors for that. Um, And that was because they really did want their instructors to be happy. Yeah. Um, But yes, the shedding took quite some time. The hardest part of leaving was uh, the riders, you know, Mm -hmm. the community. They really make you want to stay. But over well, we, time, we worship our instructors in many different ways, just from what they do for us physically, but they're almost like spiritual leaders for us after a certain amount of time. So I imagine that was a hard disconnect for certain people and for you. So I, I've never ever in my life had taken, have taken breakups. Well, like I'm just right. not, a, I'm just not a good person with Same. breakups. Uh, I mean, like, you know, it, I just was not a good person when it came to breakups. Yeah. Um, which is why I'm so happy to be locked and loaded with the guy that I am with now, my (laughs) future husband. But I was really worried about leaving SoulCycle because I likened it to to breaking up, to to getting out of a relationship. But for the first time in my life, when I walked away from SoulCycle, I I really just breathed a sigh of relief where I was like, (sighs) and that that exhale and that release was what created a space for for me to be able to leave the sweat. And I still had some issues in the sense that, you know, it was like this ex-boyfriend type of deal where yeah. I was, you know, kind of trying to figure out and find my way. You know, it probably took me six to 10 months to figure myself out. I truly, you know, I cut my hair. This is after I left Soul Cycle. I cut my hair. I I literally went to Bali and did a three-month or sorry, a three-week yoga teacher training. Like I did the things that people do when they go through breakups, um, but I was okay. And I learned a lot about myself, but yeah, it, I was really worried about leaving the company but the amount of space that I created to create something else by leaving the company was worth leaving. Yeah, majorly. I mean, another big component, even just in talking to friends who I know who have a side hustle, they they, they love their job, but they also love being a photographer and maybe they're thinking they could turn it into some sort of thing. Um, and this is awkward for people to talk about, but the money thing freaks people out in New York mm-hmm. big time. Did you hit a certain point where you felt financially also ready to leave a full-time job or were you like, I'm going to take it as it comes. We're going to figure that part out. It's just money. It's it's. I love this question, by the way. So thank you. You're because <laughs> I love talking about the finances aspect of it. Um, a lot of people, I've, let me just say, are like, yeah, just the risk and go. It's like, I live, my rent, is $3,000 or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. this person needs to know, like, Mm -hmm. I I think it's important that we be real about it a little bit, you know? Um, I came from a a graduating class of SoulCycle where I'd been at the company for seven and a half years. So I was compensated incredibly well. And a part of that three and a half years where I was still committed to the company, two reasons kept me from, or kept me there. The primary reason that I told most people was health insurance. I was worried about losing health insurance. Um, And the second reason was how the heck else was I going to make as much money as I was making at SoulCycle Mm. and be able to live in New York City? Because SoulCycle is what brought me to New York City. Um, The founders of SoulCycle found me back in 2011, and they actually relocated me to LA, or sorry, from LA to New York to be a part of, you know, 
their original Soul Cycle, Soul Cycle team. So I joined mm. when the company had five studios and I oh left God. when there was <laughs> 90 and two international locations. Um, you know, I taught it over 40 of them, sold out classes everywhere, not to toot my own horn, but I really did work really hard. Um, I think everyone in New York knows you. I think at least from coming into your room at some point in Soul Cycle. I mean, you know. Which is such a fantastic it shows you what a great platform SoulCycle was for somebody like yep. me who is looking to take the leap. Yep. Finances. Um, and I am not, I was never, I, even now in my own company, the thing I struggle with the most are finances because I was never trained how to do that. My background pre SoulCycle, I was a waitress. You know, I could count down change from like a 20, but as far <laughs> yeah. as like P and L's and budgets and, you know, like an Excel, um, that yeah. stuff still overwhelms me. So as far as finances, here's the tip that I often give people who are also looking to take the leap um, and leave their job. And first of all, I said, you know, how much money do you need a month to leave? And I don't think people factor that out. And they kind of like get overwhelmed. And then I'm like, okay, easy. So you figured out, you know, it's like how much money, this is how much money you need. So then you multiply it by 12 and that gives you like your annual, right? Mm -hmm. Or you can do it the reverse direction. If people are looking to leave and they are already making an income from a current side hustle, I say, okay, how much money do you want to make? Let's just say a hundred grand is like somebody's goal to make. It's, yep. it's kind of an even number. It makes it easy. If somebody wants to make a hundred grand in a year. We divide that by 12. Every month you need to be making $8,333. If you divide that by four, that is $2,083. That means every week you need to be making $2,083. If you're a photographer and you're charging $100 per <laughs> shoot, I mean, that means that you need to be doing 20 shoots per week. And somebody helped me do that math Whenever I and I realized I was like, oh, I need to make X amount of dollars mm -hmm. to at least be able to pay the bills. I was, you know, like it was it was gonna be tough to be able to make what I was making at Soul Cycle because I had been there so long. But right. I figured out the bare minimum what I need to make by doing that simple math. And I was side hustling while yep. I was working at Soul Cycle. I started creating La Sweat um in tandem while working a full-time schedule at Soul Cycle. I'm teaching classes by day and I'm working on La Sweat by night. And that's the hustle that somebody who is creating their brand, you got to love your brand. You got to love your brand. Like it has to be in your blood. That's why I tell someone it's like, really use it as a side hustle and a mm -hmm. workshop space that, for a long time. Figure mm -hmm. out what, I mean, it has to make you excited at night. You have oh, to be yeah. willing to be on the computer at midnight and then wake up at six to work on it. Absolutely. And a lot of people just want to watch Netflix and that's totally fine. Keep it as a side hustle. But yes. what you're saying is so valid. Like you have to love mm -hmm. it to turn it into your business. So I, you know, I was teaching, um, La Sweat was formed at that time. I was teaching La Sweat classes at various different spots around New York. Finally, I hosted a retreat. Um, I took almost 20 people to the Philippines. Yeah, obviously this was pre-COVID. Yeah. Um, I took almost 20 people to the Philippines on an epic fitness retreat. And it was from building that retreat that I started to see where I could make more money mm. and, or at least be comfortable mm. and have more time to work on La Sweat without having to go to my, it wasn't nine to five, you know, I was teaching a class at five or 6 PM, but you know what I'm saying? Doing my full-time job. So it was, I, I finally hit that line where I was like, okay, you know, I can go and I yep. can be okay. And I will say I got more jobs being unemployed by SoulCycle than I did while I was employed at, Soul, at SoulCycle. 
That's crazy. But mm -hmm. obviously there's, there was a, the trip sounds pretty monumental because it was, I think what, what you do really well is you establish connection with people. You have a very mm -hmm. vibrant, I think, community of people, but that was a way for you to just really lean in on the community thing and, and make mm -hmm. the personal connection with your brand. A lot of people come on here and a funny theme that always keeps coming back is just connection and authenticity. If you're mm -hmm. starting a personal brand, you're not selling, you know, phone covers, you're, 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 you're the face of your brand. So the mm -hmm. connection sounds like it was highly important and did its thing from the jump. Yes. Um, and a lot of people that are looking to take the leap um, or looking to kickstart a new brand, I'm just like, well, what are you selling and do you have a need for it? Yep. Because you need to create a need for your product, right? There's got to be people that want what you have yep. otherwise. And, and, and that's the fun part of branding. If you have something that people can get, you know, phone covers, yep. what makes your phone cover better than all the other phone covers? And that's what branding is. It's, totally. it's you know, it's coming up with what makes your product what makes me want to grab yours off the shelf versus this one that's on the left? Um, and at that point with SoulCycle, whenever I was hosting those retreats, I realized that I had a product that people wanted that wasn't at SoulCycle. And I realized that I could sell this product in whatever form it was going to be, not within those four walls. And that's whenever I realized, you know, okay, now it's time to go. I, I can make enough money and I'm going to push myself to make enough money. Otherwise, I'm not going to make it. Yeah. You know, so it was kind of, you just got to, you got to take the leap. So you took the leap, you started La Sweat, you workshopped it. It becomes your full-time baby. Talk to me a bit about formulating the brand as it is today. Mm -hmm. um, we can get into the name thing, but kind of like the pillars of what that brand was meant to be, how people would access it, um, naming it and kind of like how, how you bundled it at first. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're going to go back to the name actually, because that kind of um, helps the listener understand, uh, the journey of La Sweat because yep. the journey of La Sweat has never been black and white for me, which is where I listen to other, um, successful brands. And I hear about, you know, they knew what they wanted from point A, you know, it's like, and they chased yep. it and I'm like, yeah, like you, you are, ah. um, but for me, it was not like that. For me, what it was, I was working at SoulCycle and I was really burnt out from a physical perspective. My hips hurt. I was 27 years old and I didn't want to wake up and walk to class. At 27 years old, that's ridiculous. You yeah. should have the most energy in the world. And so I started looking at, mind you, my background is in fitness and exercise. I have my bachelor's degree in sports medicine. I have various different training certifications. But at the time that I was working for SoulCycle, I was all in. All I did was SoulCycle. Um, and I think that th that's another thing to be successful. You need to be all in, yeah. and which is why I was able to do so well at SoulCycle. So my body's aching, finding different ways, you know, to move my body. And I ultimately landed on, I posted a foam rolling video to my Instagram and the amount of people that were like, oh my gosh, I wish that you had like, can you do a foam rolling tutorial? And I said, oh, okay, there's a need for this. There's a need hmm. for this recovery. So La Sweat actually started as a class called La Stretch. Um, La Sweat was like the LLC and La Stretch was just a, another trademark that I own, which was a stretching class. Yep. Um, so that's how the brand started. But pre that, I had a lot of time at SoulCycle that I needed to put things into. Like I just there, you know, I needed that creative outlet. So I decided I wanted to be like a fitness blogger. You know, I was like, well, I'm going to be a fitness blogger. Turns out I can't write very well. So it's like, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't be <laughs> blogging, but yep. you know what? I tried it and I didn't really want to do fitness, like actual exercise fitness. I wanted to do like the lifestyle. So the clothes, yeah, you know, whole, everything. Yeah. That, that didn't work out too well for me. What ended up happening was I just created another exercise class called the stretch, but 
before all that, I decided I wanted to start this blog and the title of it was The Fitness Bitch. <laughs> yes, The Fitness Bitch. <laughs> so my best friend Meredith at the time you was helping me. You put that out me. there? You literally oh, called it The Fitness out there. Bitch. And that's why I'm saying the greatest failure of La Sweat ended up being the best thing ever. So my, my best friend Meredith at the time worked at Twitter and she's like a branding genius, worked for you know an amazing company. She really helped me figure out those first couple of months, which yeah. I needed her. So she was all in for the fitness bitch too. She's like, yeah, look great. Let's, you know, and so we start, we throw it. It's like, we have it everywhere. It's like, I got this blog. I announce it on social media. We're doing this, we're doing this. And we're like, Hey, we should trademark this. And so we like hire this lawyer, which I still use to this day. He's a patent and trademark attorney. Love him. Wade. Um, he goes, you know, it's like the first email he goes, have you guys done any research? And we're like, no, he goes, you do realize that the fit bitch is already trademarked. And so here I am publicly have this brand out. You've already announced it. You've put it out there. It was called the FB and, and he just is, you know, it's like, this is what he, you know, he's, he's much older than we are. And he's like, these two, like, these two like millennial. (laughs) Yeah. This happened to me too. I found, I I actually bookmarked the trademark search portal because every time I name a new one of my products, I've had to reprint packaging because I was just like, but the name is so good. No one has it. And it's fucking taken. Yeah. Okay. So that was, okay. So So she was a fitness bitch for a while, um, for a month, actually it was a month. And, um, it's, yeah, it was very, very, it was a hard pill for me to swallow that I needed to change the name. Now, Meredith, who loves Sex in the City, I've, I've probably watched one episode of my life. I'm sorry. I'm not okay, like a Sex Meredith in the City Meredith and I would be friends. Yes. <laughs> so she and I, um, we, we were out for drinks at a spot, um, close to where I live now in Nolita slash Lower East Side called La Turtle. Um, mm, yes. the same guys that did the smile and the same guys that yeah. currently do a bar called Ray's. Yep. Uh, so we're out having drinks with another friend of ours and I'm, you know, like, Oh my gosh, we got to come up with another name. We can't, we, we, you know, I was crushed. Cause I was like, that's who I, that's my brand. So we're like looking at the menu and all of the drinks are la, 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 la. And Meredith says at dinner, you know, she's like, what about La Sweat? You know, like from the Sex in the City episode where I guess Carrie is says, I'm sorry, I was being a la bitch. Yes. To- yes. Yeah. Oh my God. So, so that was, and at first I was like, no, but then she goes, you know what? You can always change your name later on, but you could definitely put la in front of a lot of things. And, and I said, okay. Cause you know, it's like ripe yes. for product extension. It's ripe mm-hmm. for you if you wanted to go into different, the the, the kind of like heroic lockup yeah. is such a nice mothership to start at. Mm-hmm. So that was the greatest failure of La Sweat was the rebrand that brought her to become La Sweat. So now that we figured out the name, she's been La Sweat for, you know, six, seven years now. Um, when did the, the app first, come into play? So the first product was the recovery class, which... Yep. At the time in New York, nobody was really doing it that I knew of. I'm sure people were doing it or doing recovery classes. But because I was at SoulCycle, I had the eye of a lot of large media publications. And side note, I was also modeling with Wilhelmina Model Agency while I was at SoulCycle. So I did have a lot of connections in the media world of New York, which I'm entirely grateful for. And one one of the founders of Well and Good, Alexia Brewer, actually took my class, a stretch class. I had no idea who she was. And she was like... I, I have, I have, I have something I want for you. And I, you know, it, it's like when you teach classes in New York, you see, you know, 60 people per hour. So you're just like, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she ends up emailing me and I get this email and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a massive opportunity. So here's the second part of La Sweat. I, because I have this ability to teach live 
you know, as you know, you do live, you're doing yep. on camera live. So it, it, it takes a certain type of talent to be able to go live because I was teaching live classes at SoulCycle. They were like, Hey, we want to put you in front of a video. The first time I shot digital workouts, it was a mess. It's still out there, like bless well and good for putting me on the air, but it is just like, it's there. But a lot more people from that opportunity that well and gave well and good gave me i started teaching digital workouts for you know pop sugar women's health bicycling mag men's health um and i started to realize you know at this whole time la sweat was just this you know it was just this kind of workout brand it wasn't really what it was but then i'm like oh wait a second all of these people are hiring me to teach online workouts mm. and la sweat wasn't really you know i was still trying to figure out what la sweat was and i was like well why wouldn't i just film workouts under like, this is what sweat. people are yeah. asking of me and yeah. this is what they're coming to me for and this kind of entity is ready to be applied to something mm -hmm. it's, it's really genius and so you know that's whenever you work alone as a solo entrepreneur it's tough because you don't have a company or you don't have somebody to bounce ideas off of. And I'm sure that if somebody was working with me at the time, they'd be like, hey, man, you're making a lot of money from these side hustle digital workouts. Why would you not just turn that into a pillar of your business? But when you're in it, you can't, it's cloudy. You kind of mm -hmm. can't, you kind of need someone from the outside like these media people did to come and kind of curate it for you. Yeah. And I was very resistant to the idea of doing that initially. And then... I found a platform that would allow me to film workouts from my apartment. This was pre-COVID, by the way. I mean, like what people are God, doing. what a blessing that your brand took shape the way it took pre-this mm -hmm. whole thing. Yeah. So I was underneath another company working with them, and I realized that I didn't want to be a brand underneath a brand yep. if I wanted my brand to grow. Yep. And so I found a company that was willing to help me be the the front face, you know, it was my brand. And basically that's what La Sweat became. I launched the actual La Sweat TV app March 1st, 2020. Oh, um, we were on, I was at another fitness retreat in Bali at the time, right as COVID was hitting, um, which is another idea of like, should we do this? Should we not? We yeah. did, I did end up going, but I came back straight into lockdown. Um, but I, I held off on promoting the app for a month right. and started teaching classes in March of 2020, had this app just waiting. It was sitting in the app store waiting for people to subscribe. And then in April 1, after teaching a month of online Instagram live workouts, I was like, hey, I actually have a product. Um, you know, if you like working out with me, I would love it if you could support me. And it ended up changing the career of La Sweat. What does it look like being the founder, CEO, kind of um, torch carrier of this brand? But also what I love about watching your journey on social is that I do get to see a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. You talk about the app and price changes, or you'll talk about your studio and how you, what is it like kind of building the plane as you're flying it and sharing that with people who are your customers? I think when you're smaller, uh, you know, for smaller brands i'm on the bigger side but for bigger brands i'm on the smaller side right totally. i'm at this i'm at this sweet spot and it's it's a good spot to be where you can try a lot of different ideas and you're yep. not going to get a lot of backlash from it and one of the things that i really started to understand from social media um is doing q and a's and you know just like the research i love and your q and a's they're so honest Yes, I, I do. And the reason why I do so many of them is because other people love them too. Yeah. And, and that's another way that I create the language of La Sweat. Mm. Um, 
is that I do a ton of Q and A's on social media, which if you want to follow me, my social media handle is at Charlie Atkins. That's two E's and Atkins like the diet. Yes. Um, I do a lot of Q and A's on social media because I want to help people with the problems that they have. So I always do ask me anything, ask me a question about fitness. And the way that the language of La Sweat has been created was simply by the, the language that, or the way that people were wording things mm. on these Q and A's. And from the Q and A's, you know, people want to see the behind the scenes. People are curious about how you create your own brand. They want to see what the filming looks like. And a part of me, like, I want to see what your, I want to see your podcast setup. Like yeah. I see that you have this, you know, this microphone and I want to yeah. know what you're using because I might need a podcast setup one day. I don't need a podcast setup by the way, but I'm just saying it's like- so true. I learned yeah. a lot, even just from equipment side of things. Like I look at what you're doing. I find so much, I, you know, I'm not working out as much as I want to, but I learned so much from you in other areas. I think it's really important what you're saying. Like I, I share a lot of what I do here. And even this podcast is an example. Not everyone listening wants to quit their job and start a brand <laughs> at all, but there's so many nuggets and takeaways mm -hmm. that um, I think you're doing it totally the right way by being pretty transparent about building your brand. And I've always been that way. Um, full, you know, just full transparency. I want people to understand even the way that I handle customer service. I really try to introduce like the elephant in the room yep. or, you know, if something goes wrong, if I'm answering a customer service email and it's my bad, yep. I want them to know that it's my bad. Yep. Um, because I feel like people are a lot more forgiving. If I say something like, Hey, I'm going to be honest, our website was down, our servers crashed and it wasn't you, like your app wasn't working because our servers were down. It wasn't because your Wi-Fi wasn't working. You yep. know, I really want people to know the why. Yeah. Um, and that's like another huge question that I always ask myself anytime that I do anything for La Sweat or even when I'm trained, when I was training clients before I went strictly digital, I would always ask them, you know, like, why are you doing something? And then they'll probably, they'll give you their, the, the answer, you know, it's like, why do you want to work out? People are like, oh, I want to fit into this dress. And it's okay. Well, like, why do you want to fit into the dress? Right. And if you just take it to that next level, mm. it really just helps. It, it becomes a lot more personable and it really just, I just feel like taking it to a deeper level just makes everything feel, it just, it makes you feel like you're buying into something that you want to be a part of because you can see everything, if that makes sense. Yeah, I very much feel that with your brand. Um, the authenticity, the transparency, um, and I mean, lest we forget the expertise and the authority. I think that's one thing that, you know, when you, you rattled off some of your certifications, that's another thing that I would tell people um, when looking to enter into arena of a side hustle is like, know what the hell you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. Like whether it's based on your experience in finance or in gardening. I think mm -hmm. expertise is where your brand could thrive. Absolutely. And you hear this word thrown around in every creator. It's niche, find your niche, find your niche. We say it, everybody says it because we have all experienced that is what sells. Yeah, Niches sell. sell. And if you are the one of, if you know the most about your niche, yep. then people are going to want to buy your product. Right? 100%. Um, by the way, I can't believe we already done 31 minutes. You definitely need your own podcast because I would listen to it and you're so amazing to talk with. Um, what memory do you have in building your brand that lives rent-free in your head that, that just you can't forget? So I graduated college with the sports medicine degree, sports medicine degree, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, it's like you, you leave college and it's like you don't, 
you think you know what you're going to do, but it's like, is this really what I want to do? So what, what happened was I, before I was a soul cycle instructor and before I was the creator of La Sweat, I was a waitress at California Pizza Kitchen and yes, KF Chang's and Chili's. Yes, I did all of the corporations. I learned a lot from working for large corporations yeah. as far as customer service goes. And it was not a wonderful time in my life. I remember being miserable, but I still wanted to exercise. So I decided to go to this spinning class. Uh, this was before, uh, you know, so I don't even know if SoulCycle was around at the time because this was right after college. Um, I decided to go to a 5 a.m. spin class. And so here I am waking up at the crack of dawn to go do this indoor cycling class before I am going to go sling pizzas at California Pizza Kitchen. And I remember I clip into this class and it's like the lighting was off. You know, there was just a lot of the lighting was off. The bikes were uncomfortable. You know, the 5 a.m. crew was probably not my, my crew, but I showed up anyway. But I, you know, I did the workout. The product was great. Like the workout was fantastic. But I walked away from there driving home at 6 a.m. The sun was coming up. I was living in Albuquerque, New Mexico at the time. And I remember thinking, that was awesome but I could make it better. I could play better music. I would lower the lights. You know, there were so many things that I wanted to do, which fast forward to 2008, three or four years later, I'm working at SoulCycle in New York City. And so my idea of a brand was never to, you know, be a SoulCycle instructor at in New York City, what it was, was to create an experience from a fitness experience or to create a fitness experience and to kind of have the touch points that would have made me feel more comfortable in that setting. Yep. Come to find out two women had already done that in New York City and it was called Soul Cycle. So it's like they did the lights were low, you know, the music was better. So it's like I was on the same brainwave apparently. But that was the first time that I remember thinking, I want to touch this and I want to put my touches on it to make it better. And that was that's probably my earliest memory of wanting to do something that was my own. That's a builder mentality from the jump right there. It's something that you can't shake. It's a blessing and a curse, us builders, because, you know, yes. 2 a.m., like, notepad scribble. Yes. Doesn't leave you. It doesn't. <laughs> How can everybody find you, your brand, get your app, all the things? So the easiest way to find me and my brand is to start on social media. Instagram is where I post most of my content, at Charlie Atkins. Um, if you want to check out the app, it's in all of the app or in the Google and the and the Google and the Apple stores under La Sweat TV. Um, and from there, you can pretty much link out to see everything. But lay-sweat.com or at Charlie Atkins. Charlie, I'm obsessed with getting to talk to you. I'm such a fan. I'm like very honored that you did this podcast and I can't wait to talk to you again. Yes. Thank you so much for having me be here. And it's wonderful to get to talk to you too, especially since our last passing was in 2020. We were one of the last, everyone who's on this podcast are one of my last human interactions before the world closed. So I'm mm -hmm. just kind of bringing them all back into this, into the circle. Well, thank you for asking me to be a part of it. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks, Charlie. For more on the show, you can find us on Instagram at brandmepodcast or at Preston Conrad. Be sure, of course, to rate, review, and subscribe and share on social. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you next week.